Good morning, River City. So good to see everybody on Family Sunday. If you're new to our church, on the fourth Sunday of every month, we gather downstairs in the table. We have breakfast together. Um, starts at 9.20, 15, 9.20-ish. Um, so we're really happy to see everybody here this morning. Uh, my name is Antramika Knight, and I have the pleasure of welcoming you to River City this morning. I'm so glad the sun's out, um, even though I still, even though I still needed tights. Uh, <laughs> um, here at River City, we also read from the lectionary um, each Sunday. It's a way in which we connect to the global church. Um, the Lord is coming back for His bride, and that is all churches that are serving and praising Him. And this is a way we remind ourselves of that and connect. This Sunday um, is Psalm 65, and it starts with, Praise is due to you, O God, in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. When iniquities prevail against us, you atone for our transgressions. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. By awesome deeds, you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. The one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with might, who steals the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their ways, the torment of the people, so that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe of your signs. You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. You visit the earth and water, you greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for you so have prepared it. Your water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening with showers, and blessing its growth. If we can bow our heads in prayer. Lord, thank you that you answer us, not just with friends and family, but you answer us in nature. Thank you that your righteousness is here, Father God. Thank you for River City. Thank you for all those who are visiting. Thank you for those who are serving in City Kids. Let us not forget the youth of our community, Father God. We pray for Smyrna. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we pray for our community, we sing that all the earth will shout praises. And so we want to believe that this morning together. So I'm going to ask that you pray with me. And as we look above ourselves and above our present troubles, that God might interact with our world. For it says in the prophet Joel chapter 2, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions, even on the male and female slaves. In those days, I will pour out my spirit. And so, God, we ask today that you might do this in our community. God, for the universal church, its members, and its mission. God, for all of the churches in Smyrna that gather right now, God, we pray, God, that they might feel the spirit of God upon them. God, that you might unite us to love our neighbors, both locally and globally. God, for the persecuted church. 
God, all of those who are being enslaved and uh, hurt, God, by different powers. God, for the, the murder of a Bible translator this week in Cameroon by uh, Benjamin Tim. God, we pray that you'd bring an end to the civil war among the Fulani extremists. God, that you might bring comfort to his friends and his family now that he has passed. God, we pray, God, even for the Chinese church, there was a demolition of a large church there in China where two pastors have now been detained for disrupting social order this week. God, we pray for those two pastors, for their communities. God, that you might unite the people in China and the underground church. God, in light of these present troubles, we proclaim, pour out your spirit on all flesh. For our world and all those in it, God, for the wildfires in California right now, God, for all those affected, God, that you might cease the fires and bring new life to the land and the people through the troubles. God, politically, God, for the Kurds in northern Syria and the assault by the Turkey government, God, that you might protect the, the Kurds. God, lead them to know you through their troubles. For the protests in Hong Kong that continue, God, show the church there how to respond with compassion. God, for the open fire shooting that happened last night in Fort Worth and the two people that were killed, God, that you might bring justice to the gunmen who's still at large and peace for the families. In light of these present troubles, we proclaim, pour out your spirit on all flesh. For the welfare of Smyrna and Cobb County, God, with the local election looming just nine days, God, we pray for unity across party lines. God, that we in this room might even be united together, that we might love neighbor more than anything else. God, for those uh, people in our community, God, we thank you for the return of Stephen Stanfield this week, who was missing. We pray for families and the family's health as they recover. God, for all those enslaved and sex trafficking, God, we still pray, set captives free. God, for the orphans and foster children in our area, fill us with compassion. God, we thank you for the opportunity to serve our community this week through the Enneagram event. God, we we thank you for all the guests that you brought here from our community who we've never interacted with. God, we pray that you might lead us to build relationships with those we know in our community. And in light of these present troubles, we proclaim, pour out your spirit on all flesh. For the concerns of this local community and all those in it, God, we pray, pour out your spirit on us. God, for Chris Master's mom, Wanda, God, who's struggling with, her, with, with cancer, God, we pray that you might restore her body. God, we mourn with Travis as he lost his grandfather this week, God, that you would bring comfort to him. For Jackie's friend whose mother is hospitalized after a stroke, God, we pray for healing for her, God, even though she's not even a part of this community, but God, you brought her to our minds, and so we pray for healing in Jesus' name. God, any of us that suffer, God, that you might Give us bravery to vocalize our needs that you might restore us. In light of these troubles, we proclaim, pour out your spirit on all flesh. Guide us in this service, God, that we might be filled to overflow. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We're not going to do meet and greet, but I am going to do um, an introduction that you need to know about. So... For the past five, I don't know if I'm going to get to preach today. I'm going to be honest. Um, we'll see if I can. For the past five and a half years, we have been a church. And God blessed us right off the bat with James and Julia Sheely. Who remembers them? Unbelievable, awesome, sent from heaven to our community. 
And they started really from nothing with our community and saw us grow. And they were with us as worship leaders for four years, four plus years. Last year, about 10 months ago, we, they knew it was time to transition, and we knew it was time to seek God about the future of worship at River City. And so for 10 months, God has developed this unbelievable cluster of amazing people that have been volunteering their time and just leading worship here out of the goodness of their heart. No expectations, no requirements. Just we, the requirement was we love Jesus and his heart, and we want to worship him and lead people in. That's for real how it's been. So I, I want to say thank you. If you've been here leading worship over the past 10 months, I want you to come stand up front really quickly. Don't do the slow thing either. Don't make somebody call you out. Don't be like, you were one. If you've, come, if you've led worship once or twice or 40 times, come stand up front. Anybody else straggling? Okay. So these guys have created something we knew is beautiful, and we don't want to... Stop what God's been doing. There's a cluster and a team and kind of a communal way that we've started to have worship that is not something we want to replace. But we did know a few months ago that we needed to have more opportunity for somebody to step in and coordinate and be a part of the staff weekly. And so through prayer and through seeking and through mutual interest and through Jesus, please provide what's needed we, this past week, have brought Becca on as worship coordinator, so you guys can... She's committed to the period of one week with us, so uh, really enjoy it. <laughs> One of the things that really, so there's so many awesome people that are here that could really do this in, in a lot of churches. That's the great thing about our church. We have a small church, but we have worship leaders all, all across here that could lead worship at large churches all over the place. Um, they are here because of their heart and their desire to serve. And one of the things that in the conversations with Becca as we talked was she doesn't want to be like this face of the franchise worship leader. She believes in the community and raising up worship leaders and giving space. And so... We envision that God's going to continue this work. So I just want to, for us to all say thank you to everybody who's gotten us to where we're at. It's not an easy task. A lot of people don't know for worship leaders, it's, it's hard. There's a lot of spiritual attack involved in it, standing in front of people and leading them into the presence of God. It's like a bridge for us to help walk across to be with God. And a lot of times they pay the price behind doors that we don't see. They fight, they pray, they seek, they learn, they grow together. And for this team, they've done that very faithfully for the past 10 months. And I just want to say thank you again. Love on them. All right, we're praying that we're thanking God for what he's provided, and we're going into the future now, okay? Now we're transitioning for what God has next, and we're believing that he's going to do so much through this, that he's going to build unity, that he's going to create space for us to seek God, the presence of God, that worship is going to continue to be a priority in our church that God's going to continue to bless us, but that God's going to bless them. And, and we just pray, Father, right now, that you would be the sustenance that we need as we stand on stages, that we would not seek places above people, but that we would seek to show your heart to people, 
that when people see the many gifts that you've brought in this group, because there's tons, that they would automatically think of Jesus and how he loves, and not so much how awesome these people are. That people would be drawn into your presence and seek and understand that they can be redeemed, restored, that they can be free, that they can live and not die. We thank you, God. I'm so excited to see what you're going to do in the future. I pray for Becca in Jesus' name, that you would remove any pressure to perform, that you would remove any pressure that people put upon people, and that she would seek your face daily about what you're leading her in to do as worship coordinator, that you would provide support around this team, that they would have what they need, and that we would be a body who worships together, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to jump right in. I'm going to do a homily today. Many of you don't know what that is. It's an abbreviated sermon. Uh, and I've got it all. I've got my sermon written out. So I'm, I'm going to do my best to do that. If you need to use the bathroom, just do it um, on your own time. Not here in your seat, please. Don't do that. Maybe go to the bathroom by yourself, but don't take a team with you. Um, I'm going to talk to you today a little bit about what we've been talking about. Spiritual formation and community transformation. We believe to be a Christian and to be a part of the body, two things need to be happening. You need to be on mission as a human, as Jesus told us, and you need to be being formed by him, creating space. These two things sometimes do this with one another. There's churches a lot of times that are really great at spiritual formation, and then there's churches who are really good at mission. Our goal is that we can have Jesus lead us into a space where we are truly creating space to be formed, not by our culture, but by what he has for us, and that we are on mission, loving people the way that Jesus has loved us as a response. And so last week, I shared a little bit about continuing in Christ and how for a lot of people, we tend to get off track when we get off focus of Jesus. It's what happens in a lot of ministries. It's what happens in our own lives when the table of the Lord distances itself from us or we distance ourselves from the table, we tend to start almost picking apart things that aren't as important and creating arguments that don't have to be the center of what's happening as opposed to trying to figure out, in Jesus, how are we to be together? In Jesus, what can we see happen? To hear the stories of Jesus, right? I even talked about how I want my kids to be raised hearing the stories of what Jesus did, not hearing to not be bad, hearing the stories of what Jesus did so that he can capture awe and wonder in them. Instead of just feeling like I gave them these 12 things about Christianity that they need to get by the time that they're out of our house. That's a, that's a trick. And so today, the question really is, what does it look like? What does a Christian look like? What does it look like to be a Christian? What do we look like? And that's, that's a difficult question to answer, especially when we have so many strong feelings about what we don't want to be. And so the passage I'm going to read you today is a parable. And what's beautiful about parables is they draw us into a story. It's a little bit like fishing. Like it's, a, it's casting something and it's a beautiful story. And then all of a sudden you realize I'm in the middle of being told something that's really meaningful and making me join into the story in such a way that I have to reflect. And that's, that's what parables are, I think. And so if you'll open your Bible to Luke 18, 9 through 14. If you don't have it, we have it on the screens. 
I'm just going to read this to you and then jump into it for a moment. So this is Jesus. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. He said, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven. But he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Who's heard this before? Yeah. So it's really easy with this parable to automatically think your job is to figure out which one you are. Who, whose first move reading this is to kind of put yourself in one of these two seats? So this is very tricky, okay? And the reason it's very tricky is because a Pharisee is commonly known as holy by all and seeks to give his life for certain things for God. And a tax collector is typically a disgusting human that's been manipulating people for money. In this setting, so the first thing you're offered is clearly a Pharisee that we don't want to be and that no one wants to hang out with, right? It reminds us of the people in our lives from our past that were really good at being holy, but you could tell they didn't really care. And then the tax collector is this person who's so broken that they really want God. So here's what I do in this setting. Well, I know I'm not the Pharisee, right? Because I'm not like bragging about all the stuff I'm doing. I hear some of you doing that at times. So I know I'm not the Pharisee, so I probably, I'm probably like the tax collector, right? I'm probably most, most like him. And all the while, we become the Pharisee. Just reverse. It's the idea that what you are is better than. So it's the idea that you've locked into the best way and the way that you do it is better than someone else. This happens all the time. This happens in the way we worship or think we should worship. This happens in the way that we teach the Bible or think we should teach the Bible. This is why people literally have on their website, we preach the word of God, which, okay. Be weary, or le- what's the word for that? Be weary? We can be weary. Leery. Thank you, sir. Be leery of that, right? Because what is it assuming? We're better than them. When we put on, see, this is what I do, because I really feel like when I read this prayer, it reminded me of Psalm 51, which has been my favorite psalm. It's actually the psalm that David prayed after he had done what he had done with Bathsheba. It's a prayer of honesty and brokenness. It's created me a clean heart, O God. You know, who, who knows this, this psalm? Like, I've, I've read this psalm. I've prayed this psalm more than any other psalm or prayer. And I read it thinking, I've, I think I've got the humility stuff down. Like, I really feel like I'm definitely not like the Pharisee. I get, I'm disgusted with people who brag about their spirituality, right? Like, I'm definitely more like this tax collector. So the key here is what's at the heart of what's being said? What, why are we being given two people who are approaching God to, to evaluate? 
Well, the reason is because one of them is showing their deep dependence on God, and the other one is showing that they've done enough to be righteous. One is saying, literally, this is what one is saying. I'm reminding you, God, of how great a worshiper I am. I want you to know this is, this is why I'm not like these people, right? I'm not like them. I'm not like the adulterer. I'm not like the tax collector. I'm not like that person over there. I'm not like the person who has walked through divorces. I'm not like the person who struggled with addiction. I'm not like the person who, who comes in. You know what it gets like when people start being real about who they are? It becomes very uncomfortable in churches. It's like we really want that, and then when it starts to happen, we're like, we wanted you to talk about being transparent, but you don't have to talk about that anymore. Thank you. Because when transparent people show up with true brokenness, they don't fit into categories well. They don't fit well into what we want God to do. We would rather somebody show up and settle right into what we believe and not have to deal with all the things Jesus has called us to deal with. So this is a parable about evaluating what kind of life are you living for you, not for them. Are you living a life of dependence? This is so hard for Americans because we have everything we need. Many of us only depend on God when we're completely broken. I mean, think about the times in your life where you've cast yourself at the, at the feet of the Lord and truly wanted him to do something. I mean, I, had, I told you about this a couple weeks ago. When I had a terrible breakup in college, seems ridiculous. There was prayer for that. When, I, when Sarah and I were getting married, I was so nervous that I would do something stupid, threw me upon the Lord's feet. When I struggle and sin, and I shouldn't, throws me upon the feet of the Lord. But then I get to this spot where I'm like, okay, I get that I did that, but now I'm transitioning past this like kind of broken I need you to the Pharisee. And here's what we do. We enter Jesus, the way of the tax collector, most of us, completely in need, and then automatically think we're supposed to look like the Pharisee. Go to church, tithe, be a part of a small group. Don't do public think, don't be honest. So how do you do this on a continual basis? How do you step in and actually live in such a way that everything that you need is from God? How do you do that? How are you so honest with where you're at? What does that even look like for us? I mean, I, I, I tried to, to plan this in a way that would be easy for like a one, two, three, this is what God is saying. But I think it looks like really hard things that we don't want to do. It's not just me challenge you to say, yeah, I'm an idiot, because he doesn't want you to live in self-deprecation your whole life. He doesn't want you to live in shame. He doesn't want you to live in regret. So it's not about making you believe you need God so much that you can weep. That's good, and that starts it but it's about something that's continual. How do we live as a Christian where we're not only in things we can do, where our whole structures are set up, built around what God can do? And it's things like stopping busyness. It's not just convince you that you've sinned and have you run to an altar. It's how do you actually live your life? Are you, if, if, if the things that you're succeeding at were all taken away from you right now, what would be left? What, what do you actually depend on God for? Like, think about it realistically. You make money that's in your bank account. You take it out. You go to your house. You drive a car where you need to go. You come to an awesome church with awesome things. 
just humility all over the place in this church. Like, you're a part of a great city, one of America's 50th best cities, according to something. I don't, I don't know how they judge it. Think about all of these things that tell you you have no need for dependence on God. And then the only time you want to be dependent on God or, my, or myself is when all of those things are taken from us. And then when we get in those spots, we're like, why are you allowing me to be in this spot? And he's like, because it's going to remind you. If you happen to be in a spot right now where things are up in the air, thank Jesus because you're closer to him than others. If you happen to be in a spot right now where your life is pretty great, you've got the job you want. You've got the spouse you want. You've got the bank account you want. You just got a car. Don't beat yourself up for it, but those things will not sustain you. And if you think that they will, pride will end in a fall. And that's the truth of it. How are you and where are you sustaining who you are? And that's all over the place. So I want to read you a story about, and I'm going to, I'm going to share this song with you, and I'm going to try and kind of wrap this up quicker than usual today. So there's this group called the Iona Community, and they take these songs in the early 1900s, and they rewrite them or put words that churches don't like to sing to make you kind of, it's lyrics that actually make you go, wait, that's not like just your, Jesus is great, Jesus is passionately pursuing me, I love Jesus, Jesus is good, Jesus loves all of us, Jesus is, right? Like those are good songs, but they spent decades writing songs that made you listen to them and go, wait a second, can we even sing that? And they did one called, what's the name of the song, Bill, really quick, because I named it wrong. Come with me, come wander. You're so lucky that I did not learn this song. I tried to. I was going to make you sing it. Um, you can look it up online. But here's, here's the song. And the idea as this song comes up is each person in this passage had to step away from something false. The Pharisee had to step away that he was able to do what was needed to be done from right, to be righteous. The tax collector had to step away from the idea that his regrets were so overwhelming that he could stay in them. So he had to step away from regret. But all of us have to step away from something false. And I think that's what is being asked of us in this passage is, what is sustaining you right now? And Jesus drawing us into a place where he can be the sustainer. So I'm going to read you this, this song. Come with me, come wander, come welcome the world, where strangers might smile or where stones may be hurled. Come leave what you cling to, lay down what you clutch, and find with hands empty the heart that can hold much. Sing hey for the carpenter, leaving his tools. Sing hey for the Pharisees, leaving their rules. Sing hey for the fishermen, leaving their nets. Sing hey for the people who leave their regrets. Come walk in my company, come sleep by my side. Come savior a lifestyle with nothing to hide. Come sit at my table and eat with my friends discovering that love which the world never ends. Come share in my laughter, come close to my fears, come find yourself washed with the kiss of my tears. Come stand close at hand while I suffer and die and find in three days how I shall never lie. Come leave your possessions. Wait, what? 
Come share out your treasure. Come give and receive without method or measure. Come loose every bond that's resisting the spirit, enabling the earth to be yours to inherit. That was kind of a stretch on that inherit spirit, but (laughs) I like it. What do you guys think about that? Depends on where you're from. Yeah, it's good. So, so today, really this parable, I'm just asking, and, and you guys can close your eyes. I'm asking that you would have a really honest interaction with the Jesus that you seek. What, are you, what is he asking you to leave? Are you the Pharisee that needs to leave the rules? Are you the burdened tax collector that needs to leave the regret? Are you the one who needs to leave your anger at the church? Are you the one that's being asked to set doubt aside? Are you the one who needs to leave the idea that God's love means you never have to look inward and he's always there no matter what, even if you don't care or act like he is? Are you the one that needs to leave that the way that you preach is exactly what the world needs? Are you the one that needs to leave that your worship style is the only style and how God's going to save the earth? Are you able to be drawn into humility? Or do you need to be humbled? Because both are possibilities. So we look at our bank accounts, Father. We look at our families. We look at our jobs and our church. And we ask, Jesus, if there be any false way in us, that you would cleanse it. That we would pray the prayer that David prayed, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast us not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from us. Restore unto us the joy of our salvation and renew a right spirit within us. And with your eyes closed, please go ahead and stand. Actually, open your eyes and then stand and then close your eyes. I want to pray a prayer over you that I believe Jesus would like for you to hear. I believe it's a true prayer. I believe there's nothing false in it. It won't require you to go and be a better Christian. We cast that in the pit of hell. It will require you to go and be with Jesus more. Can you pull up actually Jeremiah 31, 31 through 33? And I'm just going to read this over you again. Two weeks ago, I taught you guys this. I shared this with you. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I shall make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this new covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So with your eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to repeat after me for those who are willing. When I use the different, uh, if I say son or daughter, you have to choose that. You have to say that for you. I can't do that, and everybody can't do that. So, Jesus, I thank you. Let's go back to the start, you know, like Coldplay talked about. Say, Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you. 
that I am your son or daughter. <laughs> Let's go back to the star one more time. Jesus, I thank you. And now here you're going to put if you're a son or a daughter, okay? <laughs> that I am your son. That you have chose me. You have blessed me. You have been with me in the brokenness so that you can give me. All that I have is from you. My looks. My money, my, money, my, honey, my honey, my car, my, car, my, everything. my everything. If I'm good at something, good at something you, put you put that there. So thank you, Jesus, so thank you, Jesus that, everything that everything good comes from you. That way, when it's hard, I don't have to blame myself blame you or blame others. I can ask how you're wanting to use the situation for the good of those around me and myself. I have been called. I am a son. I am yours. This is taken care of. Forgive my, performance, Forgive my performance, even if it looks like piety. Even if it looks like piety. Forgive, me Forgive me living and wallowing in regrets, even if it looks like remorse. Even if it looks like remorse. I'm, standing here, I'm standing here, chosen by you, chosen by you for, you, for you, to be sent to this world, to, this world, to love them. To see your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay standing. If you'll come up, worship team. Allow the Father's love to pour over you. Allow forgiveness to be something you say yes to. Now, Jesus, a prayer for this community. There are so many ways in which we think we are better than others. And I know that I have my own ways that I mask in selective humility in what sounds like I'm being probably humble a lot of times. And I know that you know the ways that that happens. So help us to be a community that says yes to the one leaving regrets and yes to the one leaving their tools and yes to the one others have turned away. Help this to be the community that looks like the kingdom of God in heaven. Help us to not pull away from Jesus because it's just easier to do ministry without him. Help us to not think that our words about you will harm people, but help us to see the Spirit's power to penetrate hearts at the right time. Help us to not stray from the gospel because it's just easier to say yes to how culture is telling us to live. Help us to be a community founded and grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this, for this is why we are here. It's why I'm alive. It's why I feel like I can keep going. Jesus, you are good. Take a few moments to spend some time with your father.
today is a good day. Thank you, Jesus, that your presence is with us and that you are here. Thank you for what you're doing in our worship group. Thank you for Daniel and family. Thank you for breakfast. Thank you for a place to worship. All God's people said. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.